And thank you for joining me today on our podcast, Yasha, Young and Sharing His Anointing. Today on our Let's Wrap Readings, we're going to begin our four-part series entitled Anchor Your Soul. Today, we're going to be speaking to you on the subject of Anchor for Your Soul. Our lesson today is going to be coming from Hebrew, the sixth chapter, the 18th and 19th verse, and it reads as thus. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Let's wrap. As we begin to look at the scripture today, we can clearly see that the writer is telling the church that God has given us both his promise and his oath. And he went on to say that these two things are unchangeable. Why is it unchangeable? Because it is impossible for God to lie. He said, therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge. So he's letting the church know that if you were born again, if you came to Christ, if you have fled to him for refuge, we can have a great confidence. What is our confidence? He said, have a great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. Now, when we begin to look at the scripture, we begin to wonder, what is that hope that lies before us? The writer went on to say, this hope is strong. It's trustworthy. In other words, this hope is strong. It's firm. Trustworthy means steadfast. He went on to say, it's anchor for our souls. I believe that this hope he's talking about today is the Holy Spirit. This hope is the blood of Jesus. We know that through our studies that the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost are one. We know that the Son does not operate outside of the Father. And the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of God, operates within the perimeter of the Holy, the, the Father and the Son. We know that the Holy Spirit comes with all truth, all righteousness. We know that Jesus Christ is our Redeemer. Jesus Christ, by his blood being shed, we have the right to the tree of life. So when the Bible begins to talk about in the 19th verse, this hope that is strong and trustworthy and an anchor for our souls is the blood of Jesus. This hope is our trust in the Lord. This hope is the Holy Spirit. When we begin to look at the word strong, we know the word strong means something that's firm, something that's able to withstand great force and strength. We know that the Holy Spirit is that force. The Holy Spirit is that strength. It's our dunamis power. He's able to keep us, able to help us to withstand anything that the enemy will bring our way. Through the Holy Spirit, we're able to overcome. The Bible also tells us that we're more than overcomers, that through Christ Jesus, we can overcome anything. So we know that the blood of Jesus is also uh, that hope. The blood of Jesus is trustworthy. The blood of Jesus is steadfast. In other words, where the blood of bulls and heifers and lambs were, were not enough, it wasn't trustworthy, it didn't stand. We know that the blood of Jesus, we can depend on. The blood of Jesus is secure. Our righteousness is secure Our because of what Jesus did on the cross for us over 2,000 years ago. So we know that through the blood of Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, it is this hope that we hold on to. It is this hope that is an anchor for our souls. 
it, the Bible said it leads us through the curtain. Now, when it talks about it leads us, we know that the Holy Spirit is a leader. He's a guider. He guides us to all truth. He guides us to all righteousness. He's full of wisdom. He's full of knowledge. It, it, it's who enters us in through the curtain. When it's talking about the curtain, what are we talking about? We're talking about the veil. In the Old Testament, we know that the uh, tabernacle, there were three courts. There was the outer court. There was the inner court. And then the innermost court, the holy of holiness. And we know that behind the veil is where the holiness of holiness was located. We know that not anyone could go behind the veil. You had to be right to go behind the veil. But the scripture is telling us today that it is this hope, this hope in Jesus, this hope in G the blood of Jesus that stands firm, that is trustworthy, that is the anchor for our souls. That is what we need to surround ourselves with the anchor for our souls to keep us grounded. He said, it's going to lead us this anchor, Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus is that anchor that's going to lead us through the curtain, through the veil, but not just through the veil into God's inner sanctuary, the holy, the holy of holiness, the most holy place. And we know that when Jesus died on the cross, that the veil was ripped that there was no more because Jesus completed the entire work. So it is through Jesus, through the blood of Jesus that we must hold on to, that we must hold fast for it is through God's son, Jesus, that we have been redeemed. The Bible lets us know that God demonstrated his love for us in this while we were yet sinners, that Christ died for us, the ungodly. Um, as we carefully look at that, we know that the scripture is telling us that God loved us so much that he showed us how much he loved us. He demonstrated his love for us. Why? Because he gave us his son that while we were sinners, while we were still in our mess, while we were, um, condemned to die, while we were guilty, Christ died for us. Christ took our sin upon himself. So we know that Christ completed the work on the cross. And because Christ completed the work on the cross, whereas I didn't have a choice before I was guilty, I was condemned to die. Now I have a choice. We have a choice to make. We have a decision. Jesus Christ was our scapegoat. He became the scapegoat that now we don't have to die. Now we don't have to uh, be condemned to hell. You have a choice to make. You can choose this day whom you will serve. We see that this uh, scripture is letting us know that God demonstrated his love. He loved us so much that he gave Jesus. So we carefully are realizing now that it's not that the work hasn't been done. The work has been completed. We ourselves now have to make a decision. The real release from sin, because sin's already been broken. The chain has been broken. Sin no longer has dominion over us. Do you still have dominion on sin? Are you still holding on to the sinful things in your life? So we have to carefully realize that the real release from sin is to release from our souls. The release from sin is to release me from myself. I, the, the enemy in me or the inner me is the biggest enemy in me. So I have to release myself as you have to release yourself, which is just us releasing our soul realm to the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit to have our soul anchored in the blood of Jesus. Now we begin to think about the soul realm what am I saying? What is the soul realm consisting of? The soul realm is everything about you that makes you who you are. We must release ourselves to God and allow his Holy Spirit to anchor our personalities. Because in the soul realm, remember the diagram where we're a three-part being, we're a spirit, soul, and body. And inside the uh, second realm is our soul realm. 
in that realm is our personality, our thinking, our reasoning, our will, choices, our belief system, our attitude, our feelings, and our emotions. Even our memories are locked up in that soul realm. So in order to be made whole, in order to be complete, we have to allow the Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus to anchor us. Remember that this hope that is an anchor for our souls is the blood of Jesus. It's only through the blood of Jesus or we may whole or we complete. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to be that anchor. We have to anchor our soul realm in the blood of Jesus. One thing we have to realize is that we can't do it by ourselves. The Bible tells us in Galatians 5 and 16, this I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The New Living Translation say it like this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. How many know in our uncrucified soul realm, the flesh, which is where the sinful nature lies, there's a nature in there that has the capability to crave. I can assure you that even in the crucified soul realm, those that have been born again, those that have uh, decided they're going to walk right in their soul realm, they're going to be times of craving. But what I need for you to understand today is the only difference is that soul has been anchored in the blood of Jesus and under the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh yeah, the craving will come, but in, in an anchored soul, the anchored soul recognizes what it is and has power and authority over that through the blood of Jesus. We just believe the word of God when it says, for sin has no more dominion over you. The Bible says, for such as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if I think in my mind, if I believe what the word says, that sin has no more dominion over me, I will not allow sin to control my life. I didn't say sin is not going to come. I didn't say I would not sin because the Bible said he that say he has no sin is a liar and the truth is not in him. What I'm saying is it no longer has dominion over me. It no longer has power and authority. I'm no longer moved and controlled by the power of sin. As long as I walk in the spirit and stay out of self, everything will be great. Romans 13, 13 and 14 lets us know because we belong to the day we are not children of the night, but of the light. The light of Christ should be shining in us for all to see. The Bible tells us we are the light of the world. The scripture went on to say, so if we must live decent lives for all to see. It didn't say that we had to live a perfect life, but it said we must live a decent life. The word decent is defined as confirming with generally accepted standards of respectable or moral behavior. It's acceptable standards or satisfactory. A lot of people get caught up and hung up and messed up with the fact that they think that we're supposed to live perfect lives. The Bible never told you to be perfect. The Bible tells us that we should live a decent life for, for all to see. No one is going to be perfect. No one is always going to get it right. You're not going to do everything right every day, all day long, but we should be able to live a decent life for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness, the word says. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties, in drunkenness, or in sexual promiscuity, or immoral living, or quarreling, or jealousy. Wow, that, that said a lot. 
It, the Bible is telling us that we, if, if we've chosen to live a decent life, if we say we are the light of the world, we should not be participating in the darkness of wild parties. <laughs> in the darkness of wild parties. Let, letting you know that a lot of things take place in the darkness at night. And it ain't always good things. It, it, most bad things occur at night. So the Bible says it does not, do not participate in the darkness of wild parties in drunkenness, uh, going out, just, uh, free falling, drunk, falling all out. It said, or sexual promiscuity, always in, in caught up in some type of sexual immoral, immoral living. It says, or in quarreling or jealousy. Now that's a big one. Cause you got people that are just combative, always want to quarrel, always want to argue about something, always in a negative state or just jealous all the time, hating on the next person, always got something going on where you want what the next covenant and jealousy. The Bible is telling us clearly do not participate in these things. He said in the 14th verse, instead, close yourself with the Lord Jesus and make no provision. We need to be putting on clothing ourselves, clothing yourself with the Lord Jesus. Make no provision. Make provision mean plans, make room. He said for the desires of the flesh to fulfill one scripture, say the lust of the flesh. In other words, anchor your soul in the blood of Jesus. How are we going to make no provision for the flesh? We're going to anchor our souls in the blood of Jesus. The Bible tells us to put on, to clothe ourselves in the Lord Jesus Christ. What do we do with clothing? We have to put them on in order to cover ourselves. So the Bible is telling us that we have to cover ourselves in the blood of Jesus. We can't do it by ourselves. It's only through the blood of Jesus that we'll not be so easily to give ourselves over to the desires of the flesh. Shall we continue to sin where grace may abound? God forbid. We cannot allow our soul realm to continue to control us. We cannot allow the flesh to continue to do what it wants to, when it wants to, how it wants to, to who it wants to. The Bible is telling us to make no provisions, to make no plans, to make no room for the desires of the flesh. What did the Bible just say for the desires? Is that what it's saying? Is it saying that we're going to have desires? Absolutely. We're all human. The Bible is telling us that there will be desires. The desire to fulfill the lust of the flesh will come. I don't care who you are. Yeah, your flesh is always lusting. It always wants what it can't get or shouldn't have. If you used to be addicted to alcohol, you can best believe the desire is going to try to come back. If you used to be a drug addict, you can believe at some time or another that the desire for that particular drug is going to try you. If you were addicted to sex, addicted to love or excitement thereof, you can best believe the desire is going to continue to try to come on you. That desire for a particular person, place or thing lies in our soul realm. I need you to get this today, church. And I'm talking to the entire church, the entire body of Christ, because I don't care. You can best believe I don't care how holy you claim to be. It's in there. It's lying dormant, waiting on the opportunity to present itself, waiting to entice you so it can draw you away. How do I know this? Because the Bible tells me in James 1, 14 and 15, it says temptation comes from our own desire, which entices us and drags us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed, it grows. It gives birth to death. 
What is the scripture saying? It's saying temptation is going to come. I don't care who you are. Temptation are going to come from your own desires. It said a man is drawn away by his own lust, his own temptation, his own desires, which entice us. Temptation is enticing. Our own desires is enticing. It, it entices us. And the Bible says that it drags us away. It takes us away from God. It takes us away from the things of God. When you become to act, begin to act on those desires and those lusts of the flesh, it, it, it just keeps you away from what is most important. It keeps you away from the word of God. It keeps you away from fellowshipping with other saints. These desires, it says, begin to give birth to sinful action. Once those, your own desires, now listen to it. Listen to the word good. Temptation comes from our own desires. These desires, no, no, no. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entices us and drags us away. So the temptation that you're faced with, whatever that temptation is, it's coming from what's already inside of you. Listen to me. It's coming from that soulish realm. It's coming from that soul realm. Those desires, that, that, that thinking, that will, that mind, those memories, that emotion, uh, those belief system is coming from that realm. It said it entices us and then it drags us away. It didn't say it'll, it, it just walks you by the hand and slowly take you away. It said it drags you away. It entices you. Once you get enticed by something, entice mean to attract or tempt by offering pleasure or advantage. So the Bible is telling us that temptation comes from our own desire. That desire that's inside of you it's attempting to attract you. It's attempting to offer you pleasure. It's attempting um, to offer you or the advantage. You think you're getting ahead for some reason. It, it, it's, it, it's, it's cunning. Sin is very cunning. Temptation is very cunning. It comes to entice us and drag us away. It's going to take us away from the things of God. The Bible says that these desires give birth to sinful actions. In other words, once it has enticed us, once it has uh, drug us away from the things of God, then these desires, the desires that's already in you is going to give birth to sinful action. Now you're going to begin to act on these things. Whatever it is that you were, that was once tempting you, that thing that was once a desire, now you're acting on that thing. Now it has given birth to sin. It's given birth to a sinful action. And the Bible says when sin is allowed to grow, so now the thing is growing. Now you're not just doing it no one time. When it begins to grow, you're constantly doing this thing. Always say it's a difference between sinning and being a sinner. It's a difference between, I mean, committing a sin and practicing sin. In other words, it's a big difference. So the Bible is telling us these desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, once it, you know how incubated is, when that thing begin to grow, it just begin to sprout up and it begin, like when you put a seed in the ground, you ain't just going to get one seed back. You're going to get a whole tree back. And the Bible tells us that it begins to grow and it gives birth to death. But instead, instead of allowing this thing to give birth in us to death, we must anchor our souls in the blood of Jesus. We must learn to obey and purify ourselves. How are we going to do that? How are we going to anchor our souls and purify ourselves? Through the blood of Jesus. First Peter 1 and 22 tells us, it says, now that you have obeyed the truth 
and have purified your souls. See, I'm telling you that our soul realm, it has to be transformed. It has to be renewed. In other words, it has to be purified. Now purified means remove contaminants from, to make ceremonially clean, extract something from. So we have to take our soul realm. We have to allow the blood of Jesus, huh? the blood of Jesus to remove contaminants from us. Those things, we're born in sin, shaped in iniquity. Nobody have to teach you how to do wrong. It just, a, it a, it's an automatic thing. It don't help that there's evil all around us and we living in this wicked world, but sin is all around us. So we have to allow the Holy Spirit to remove the contaminants from our life, to remove the contaminant from our soul realm, to remove our own impure thoughts, to remove our own impure actions, to remove our own impure will, to remove our own impure memories, things that have been implanted in us from a child, to remove our own pure belief system and make us ceremonial clean to be able to enter into the Holy of Holiness. For we just can't enter into the Holy of Holiness any kind of way. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to extract things from us. Once we allow the Holy Spirit to come in and remove those impurities, to remove those contaminants from our lives, we won't have a problem fulfilling the rest of 1 Peter 1 and 22. It says, now that you have obeyed the truth and have purified your souls to love your brother sincerely, you must love one another intensely with a pure heart. Once we've anchored our souls, we won't have a problem being able to love right. Once we've anchored our souls, we can have confidence. Hebrew 10 and 19 tell us, therefore, brothers, brethren, since we have confidence to enter in the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, let us go right into the presence of God with a sincere heart, fully trusting him for our guilty conscience have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. Didn't I tell you? He said, therefore, brethren, since we have confidence, now we can enter in. We, now that we know that we've been uh, washed through the blood of Jesus, now that we know that Jesus Christ's blood is the anchor for our souls, he said, let us go right in to the presence of God with a sincere heart. Let us continue to trust in God with a sincere heart. He said, for our guilty conscience, we no longer have a guilty conscience. We no longer are under a condemnation by the enemy. For we know that the Holy Spirit come to convict. He don't come to condemn, but the Holy Spirit comes and convict us of something that we've done wrong. He don't come to beat us down. He don't come to bash us over the head when we've done wrong. That's the job of the enemy. But the Bible tells us for our guilty conscience have been sprinkled with the blood of Jesus Christ. And it has made us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. We know that Jesus Christ is the living water. Is that pure water, which is Jesus Christ. Ephesians, the third chapter and the 12th verse goes on to tell us, in him and through faith in him, we may enter God's presence with boldness and confidence. Second Timothy 4 and 22, since we have received Christ, he is dwelling in our spirits. We can enter in. Only the spirit part of us can enter in the innermost holy place. I'm telling you, we have to be anchored. Our soul must be anchored in the blood of Jesus. Christ is the anchor for our souls. He will lead us. In. The Bible tells us we can then enter in 
behind the veil. We can then enter into the inner sanctuary of the Holy of Holiness. The Bible lets us know again, therefore there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who what? Who walk not after the flesh or the desires of the soul realm of your soul, but has been anchored in the blood of Jesus and who walks after the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God that lives inside of you and guides us daily in all of our righteousness and all of our truth. Let's apply. Many times I have done messages reminding God's people that we are tripart beings. As there is a Father, Son, and a Holy Spirit in existence, so are we created in the likeness of God our Father. So we too are spirit, soul, and body. I can't tell you enough how important it is, I believe, for the body of Christ that we get this. It is crucial to new converts and believers in Christ. When you fully come to the understanding that you are three-part being, and although you accepted Christ, you've been born again, there is still a sinful nature that lies in your soul realm. It's your own desire, that sinful nature of your own flesh, which comes to try to entice you and draw you away from the things of God and eventually leads us to sin. And once you sin, if you continue in that sin, it continues to grow and produce condemnation, which causes guilt. And it eventually, it causes you to give up and walk away from God. We know that through law and through our judicial system, what happens when you're guilty? You must be sentenced. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. And if you're working for sin, you must die. Sin, the Bible says, give birth to death. In other words, you're going to give birth one way or another. The Bible tells us that he set before us today, life and death. Choose this day whom you're going to serve. So it's your call. It's up to you whether you choose to give birth to life or whether you choose to give birth to death. I don't know about you, but I don't want to have communed with God all this time. Have him put this seed of vision and purpose in me to carry this gift that's in my womb that he has given me. And because I didn't anchor my soul in the blood of his son, Jesus, but instead I refused to stop fulfilling the lust of the flesh. I refuse to obey and purify myself, or I refuse to be transformed by the renewing of my mind, but instead to be conformed to the world. If I, I refuse to trust, and now that I've come to full term, ready to give birth, and now I have to hear the bad news after all this time, I thought I was making a difference. After all this time, I thought I was doing the right thing by doing things my own way. And then I've just given birth to a stillborn. That gift I thought I was carrying is dead. All I managed to do is give birth to death. I don't know about you, but that thought alone is enough to keep me anchored in the blood of Jesus. When the Holy Spirit began to give me this, I was overwhelmed by the clarity. All I could do was examine myself. As the old hymn goes, be very sure, be very sure your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. Church, that rock today is Jesus. Make sure your soul has been anchored in the blood of Jesus. There's no way you can enter in the holy place in the presence of the Most High God without the blood. Let's pray. 
Father God, in the name of your son, Jesus, first, I want to say thank you for your blood. It is because of the blood of your son, Jesus, that we can come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy. God, we thank you for this message today for self of self-examination for everyone under the sound of my voice, as well as for myself. Father, search our hearts, remove everything that's not like your son, Jesus. Lord, those things that are not pleasing in your sight, move them out of the way, Lord. Help us to clothe ourselves in the obedience of your word. Purify us, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Give us the discipline that we need to renew our minds through your word. Help us, Lord, to not be conformed to this wicked, evil world, but to be transformed from our sinful nature that's inside of us. Those of us that need reviving, revive us again. Restore unto us the joy of your salvation. Those that need strengthening, strengthen your people, O God. Many of us have allowed the enemy a doorway to attack our bodies. We ask you for your healing today that we might be more effective to do your work. You said by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. That healing is the children bread. Father, we ask you for your healing bread today that you might be glorified. For we recognize we are not our own, but we have been bought and purchased by the blood of Jesus. Father, we give ourselves back to you today as an act of obedience, Lord. Father, we love you and we honor you as Yahweh our true and living God. It is in your son Jesus name we pray. Amen. As always, we thank you for listening to our podcast, Yasha Young and sharing his anointing. I am Elder Shanina Walker. Until next time, have a blessed